You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest adventure in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, our intrepid agents venture to the Rocky Mountains in search of flying saucers and more in our story, Snow Monster. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of Atomic Tales. Never mind the UFO sightings, Mr. Agent, sir. The park agent said. You think they did this? She indicated the small destroyed trail cabin nearby. It looked like a tornado had hit it. A mass of splintered timbers and rubble lay under a few inches of very early snow. Avalanche, maybe, Agent Four suggested, eyeing the nearby glacier. The three of us stood near the base of the Never Summer Mountains, and they got their name for a reason. No, sir, the ranger insisted. Not lights in the sky, nor avalanche. It was the snow monster. Agent Four and I exchanged a skeptical glance. The ranger scowled at us. Don't you two smarty-pants federal agents look at me like that. I'm not crazy, and neither are the folks that things been terrorizing for the past weeks. A bear, maybe, I offered. Do I look like a ranger who doesn't know a bear from her backside? So you've seen it, I said. Well, no, she admitted. But some pretty reliable people have, experienced hikers. A couple of them were nearly scared to death. They said it was huge, with long, shaggy fur, glowing red eyes, and fangs as long as your hand. Nice, Four commented. And I've seen tracks. Bear footprints as big as a snowshoe. The woman ranger continued. Not a lot of hikers coming through here since the monster rumors got out. I rubbed my chin. So these sightings began at the same time as the flying saucer reports? I guess. The ranger mused. Now that you mention it, do you think the two are connected? Agent Four flashed her his best lady killer smile. Don't worry, he said. The U.S. Science Bureau is here now. We'll figure it out. Remind me again what I'm doing here, Agent One. Agent Four complained as we trudged across the rocky, snow-dappled slopes. I thought you were figuring it out for the pretty ranger, I replied. Alec Boom Boom Murphy rolled his blue eyes. Clearly the allure of the local girl had worn off during our long, sweaty hike in the chilly mountain air. I mean... He continued, ignoring my repost. The army's got a line on another giant ant nest. I should be with them, blowing up bugs. Instead, we're on some Yeti snipe hunt. Why don't they send Agent Seven with you? She actually digs UFOs and weird monsters. Seven's with Agent Eight, looking into that fisheries situation off the California coast, I replied. Besides, all of us go where the Terragons and the Bureau tell us. Right now, that's here. On a godforsaken slope in a mountain range where it snows even during the summer, looking for either flying saucers that don't exist, or a monster that is most likely a mangy bear. That's about the size of it, Four scowled. 
He truly was most at home on short assignments where he got to blow things up. But ever since my encounter with a giant ant in the desert, the Bureau had rules about agents only working in pairs, and Agent Zero had Four's number at the top of the duty roster for this assignment. Four extricated his binoculars from his overloaded backpack. He always brought more gear than anybody really needed, and scanned the nearby slopes. I wish we could leave the UFOs to the Blue Book boys. He griped. No can do. Too many strange objects in the sky associated with our bug problem. Yeah, I know. Ever since your fireflies. He let his field glasses down and pointed. Do those look like tracks to you? I trained my binoculars toward the snowfield, he indicated. Could be, I agreed. It's close to one of the sightings the ranger marked. He observed, checking our map. UFO or Yeti? Monster. I checked my sidearm and he did the same. Let's go take a look, I said. It took us the better part of an hour to hike to the slope we'd seen from afar. The snowy terrain was rough and the air was thin here. Neither of us had acclimated to the altitude, so we were both pretty winded by the time we located the tracks. We'd passed another small cabin nearly hidden under the recent snowfall on our way. Unlike the one where we'd met the ranger, this shelter remained intact. Bear? Four asked, peering at the huge prints. I shook my head. Snow's too melted to tell for sure. Weird they're in a straight line, though. Yeah. He agreed. Almost like the animal was walking on two feet. Suppose we have to follow these. I suppose we do. Looks like they're headed under that high glacier. It does. He swore. I leaned up against a nearby tree. We were still below the tree line, but were rapidly running out of forest as the glacier loomed ahead of us. No law that says we can't catch a breather before we go. Four nodded and lit a cigar. Not my idea of a breather, but... I've never been sure if he actually liked the things or if he just liked playing with fire. Fire often came in handy in Four's line of work. A short smoke and a bit of a hike later, we passed the last of the trees and trudged onto the glacier. The late afternoon air smelled clean but was cold enough to make my sinuses ache. The tracks seemed to head straight up the mountaintop, which remained hidden in shadow as the sun crept into the west. We kept going, slogging through the snow and ice. I wished we'd brought snowshoes instead of sturdy hiking boots. We don't have a lot of daylight left, Four noted. I have to shelter in that cabin we passed. That's what they're there for, I replied. Wait a minute. Is that blood? Sure looks like it. We hadn't noticed it before, but big, dark red blotches now stained the snow near the snowshoe-sized prints. The tracks were far bigger than any man, or even any bear, I'd heard of though snowmelt has been known to enlarge spore. We loosened our guns in their holsters. Fort pointed. Look, some kind of carcass. The rib bones of a large animal poked out of the snow a few hundred yards upslope, near an outcrop of shadowy rock. The bones still had chunks of flesh clinging to them, and they glistened red in the retreating sunlight. Just then, the wind shifted and the smell hit us. Awful. Gamey, like rotting meat mixed with matted wet fur. Ugh, I gasped, trying to wave the scent away from my nose. Elk, do you think? Four stopped in his tracks. Ray, those ribs. There's steam rising from them. They're fresh. An ear-splitting howl echoed across the mountainside as something, some thing, leapt out from behind the rocks and bounded downhill toward us. It was huge, almost twice as big as a man. Shaggy, stone-gray fur covered its dirty hide. 
Fury blazed in its red eyes, and steaming saliva dripped from its gleaming yellow fangs. It stank like a herd of skunks that had been run over by a half-track. The thing lumbered toward us at a frightening clip, running almost like a human being. One thing for sure, this was no bear. Yeti! Four blurted. Shoot! I yelled. Both of us fired, but the shots didn't even slow the beast down. Run! I commanded, but both of us were doing it anyway. We needed to put some distance between us and the rapidly advancing snow monster. We kept shooting as we went, barely slowing thanks to our years of combat training and practice. Most of the shots did no good, though nearly all of them slammed into the ape-like thing's furry carcass. Then I got lucky and clipped the yeti near its glowing red eyes. That made the monster pause for a moment, and its cry of rage rattled both our bones and the snowy mountainside cliff. Come on, Alec, I cried, noticing Agent Four had slowed. If we can reach that cabin, we can hold it off. Four shook his head as he shrugged out of his heavy pack. I'll never make it unless I can slow this thing down. You keep going, Ray. I'll catch up. I knew better than to argue. In the Bureau, you have to trust your teammates, even if what they're doing seems damn crazy. Despite that, I did manage to pump three more shots into the beast as I went. The snow monster paused long enough to chuck a couple of ice boulders at me. I barely managed to duck the frozen missiles as they crashed into the trees nearby, but at least I'd bought Agent 4 another few seconds. I reached the trees with Alec, much lighter now without his pack, sprinting close behind. The creature came barreling down on us like a runaway train. Ray, take cover! Four shouted. I barely had time to shelter behind a thick copse of trees as the whole mountainside trembled. A rumble like the worst storm ever shook me to my bones as an avalanche thundered down slope. The monster wailed in pain and terror as tons of snow, ice, and cascading rock engulfed it and swept the thing over the side of the mountain into a deep glacial ravine hundreds of feet below. I leaned against the trees and caught my breath. Happily, I spotted Alec doing the same thing behind a nearby boulder. The snow slide had almost buried us, as well as the monster, but we'd made it. Just can't resist blowing things to hell, can you? I kidded. Agent Four grinned. Gotta earn my nickname somehow. Nice job, Boom Boom. He nodded, as sweaty and worn out as I was. Thanks for keeping that thing off me. Did you notice the color of its blood? Yeah, green. The blood had glowed, too, like the firefly I'd killed at the start of the bug invasion. What's it mean? I shrugged. It means the doc's gonna be ticked that we're not bringing back samples. Four laughed as he lit a fresh cigar. <laughs> if Dr. Shannon Tarragon wants a piece of that snow monster, she can come here and dig it out herself. Of all the realms they could have found, this was the most malevolent. For beyond the border of despair stand the gates of Eridol. These are the Chronicles of Herodot, a happy-go-lucky and good ham production. Anyone there? Ah, Charlie. Cassie. Welcome back. <laughs> now appearing on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of 
Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Snow Monster, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced, edited, and read by Christopher R. Mim and featured Elliot Mim as Agent 4, Alec Boom Boom Murphy, and Emily Broik as the Park Ranger. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at stEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at paysteve.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2021 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the St. Euphoria Audiocast Network. <laughs>